Okay, good morning everybody and welcome to Bankery Christian Fellowship Church this morning. It's great to see you out. Uh, and it is the, the first Sunday of a new month, which means it's a family service. Uh, and I'm hoping that all of the families are like my family or are on their way. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a lot, a lot of um, older folks singing children's songs and playing with children's instruments, but I'm sure you can adapt. So, uh, but it's great, it's great to have you out this morning, and we will hopefully be joined by some others shortly. And we come this morning, as we do each Sunday, to, to worship God together. We, we look to Him today, and we look to all that He is, all that He has done for us, and we we come together as a group of people who are different in very many ways. Um, let me just pray before we turn to God's Word together and we look at Daniel chapter 3. Father, we thank you for your Word, the Bible. We thank you that it is true. We thank you that it speaks to us today. And as we read your words, we hear your voice. Would you? be speaking to us and opening our ears and our hearts to you this morning. Amen. So, we're going to be doing um, Daniel chapter 3. We've done Daniel chapter 1 and 2, the last couple of family services. Um, this time in Daniel chapter 3, we don't see Daniel, but we do see his three friends who are still working for King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon after he took them away from their land. Uh, and remember, these three friends, they are God's people, and the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, is the enemy of God's people. And he's been trying to make them forget who they are and where they have come from. And today we come to possibly one of the most famous stories in the Old Testament, a true story, a story of danger and drama and suspense, a story of bravery and faith. It's a story of a rescue and the story of a rescuer, a story about the God who delivers. And there's an outline of where we're going to go, this three parts of this story. There you have it there. The king who wants to be God, the friends who are awed and trust in God, and the God who delivers. And we're going to, to read this chapter in, in a few different parts. Uh, and for the first part, we're going to read the first 15 verses. Now, in my mind, we had a lot of noisy kids. So all of the kids here are welcome to make as much noise as they can in this next section, because I'm going to need their help. In this section of the reading, there is a big, noisy band. And so I thought we could try and reenact a little bit of that. Um, and I've slightly adapted the, the ESV translation to help us to follow along. There's um, a few repetitions and lists that I've kind of reduced a wee bit, but grown-ups, read along in your Bibles to make sure that I'm not changing the meaning or um, doing an injustice to the text. Um, in this chapter, there's the two long lists. One of them is uh, a long list of names of very important people in Babylon. They were the satraps, prefects, governors, counselors, treasurers, justices, magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces. But we're just going to call them the very important people of Babylon. And then there's the other list, 
which is all of the instruments that were in the band. There was the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music. We're just going to say the sound of the very loud music. And this is the phrase that I need the children especially to listen out for. So every time I say the sound of the very loud music, they're going to get involved. I have here some instruments. So if any of the kids want to come and grab one, please do. Come on. We need to make some noise this morning or else I'm going to have to up the, the age limit. Sasha, get involved. <laughs> yeah, pass them around. Great. Here. Okay. <laughs> so, we are, we're listening out for the, the phrase, the sound of the very loud music. And each time that that is said, it's your, your invitation to make as much noise as you can on those instruments. Okay, so turn to D Daniel chapter 3. And we're going to read from verses 1 to 15. Let's just have a wee practice before we do that. So, the sound of the very loud music. No, they're not. Oh, there we go. There we go. Doogie's on it. Let's try that again, kids. The sound of the very loud music. There we go. Okay. So, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. He set it up on the plain of Jura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the very important people of Babylon to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the very important people of Babylon gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before that image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, you are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the very loud music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the people heard the sound of the very loud music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O oh, king, live forever. You, O oh, king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the very loud music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the very loud music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Okay, that is Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. And, and you all did a very good job. Dougie did a, an especially good job, I think. Well done. Thank you. And all the kids. But uh, before we get on to, to talking about the, the noise, and I hope we managed to get the bits between the noise as well in that reading, I've got a question um, I've got a, a little bit of a quiz here. So there's um, a slide with some pictures. There we go, that's the one. What are these? Any kids have any clues what these things are? Just in general? Danger warnings. They're warning signs. The first one is um, about flammable objects or danger of fire. There's one about electricity. Um, and there's one here at the end about unstable cliff edges. They're, they're warning signs. To, they're put up around places to, to tell us of some danger. They tell us about the way things are. So the, this one about the cliff edge tells us that um, the soil is unstable. Don't walk too close to the edge or you might fall over the cliff. Now, this is a a little bit like what King Nebuchadnezzar had in chapter 2. Last time when Duncan spoke to us, there was a warning sign. And I wonder if anybody can remember, any of the kids can remember what the warning sign was. There was a dream and there was something in that dream. I'll, I'll help you out. We, we had, and, and Duncan will be most disappointed that nobody shouted this out because he put a lot of effort into this. He had, we had a big statue, head of gold, arms and chest of silver, the middle of bronze, the, the legs of iron and the feet of iron and clay. And then there was a boulder that was thrown at it and it collapsed, it came crashing to the ground. And King Nebuchadnezzar was told that he was the head of gold in that dream. And he should have seen from that that the warning was he was a king whose kingdom was going to come to an end. But there is a king that was going to come later, and he was the king of kings. His kingdom would never end. And he should have bowed to that king, that king who is God, the one true God. But here, in chapter 3, we see that he ignored the warning sign. Instead of bowing to the one true God, King Nebuchadnezzar ignored the warning sign and tried to make himself God. He built a huge golden image, a statue, about 27 meters tall. So the, the tower on top of Sculty is, is 20 meters. So 
that gives you some idea of just how big this statue was. And he placed it on a big flat plain where everyone could see the statue and everybody could see everybody else. There was no hiding place. And he ordered them to bow or they would burn. He commanded all the important people of his kingdom whenever the very loud music played to fall flat on their faces and worship that image, to show that they followed and obeyed King Nebuchadnezzar, to say that King Nebuchadnezzar was number one, that he was effectively God. So King Nebuchadnezzar ignored God's warning and tried to make himself God instead. You know, it would be easy and nice to think that we are nothing like King Nebuchadnezzar. We might be tempted to think, silly King Nebuchadnezzar, how could he be so stupid and ignore God's very clear warning in chapter 2? Surely we would never do that, would we? Well, in fact, that's, that's what we all do. Maybe not in the big way that King Nebuchadnezzar did here, but all of us, since Adam and Eve ignored God's warning in the garden, have been ignoring God's warning signs and trying to make ourselves God ever since. We ignore God's warning about not loving other things more than Him. We ignore His warning when He tells us not to lie. We ignore His warning when He tells us not to envy and be jealous of what other people have. This is the way all of us behave before God rescues us. And it's even the way that we sometimes behave after we've been rescued. So maybe we have more in common with King Nebuchadnezzar than we like to think. And this is bad news because this is what the Bible calls sin. And sin separates us from God. But we'll see in Daniel 3, the story doesn't end with King Nebuchadnezzar ignoring God's warning signs. So we must move on to the three friends who are odd and put their trust in God. And then we will move on to the really good news about the God who delivers. So we're in part two, the friends who are odd and trust in God. The, the kids, they had um, an activity sheet and hopefully you got it as you were coming in. And on that activity sheet, there was a spot the difference. I wonder how many of you have managed to do any of the spot the difference? Okay, <laughs> this would have worked. Uh, but the spot the difference is quite difficult. You'll, you'll see on a slide here that Alan will hopefully pull up for us. It's hard to see on that slide, certainly from where I am. But there was eight differences, I think. Uh, they were quite hard to spot on this sheet. In this story, the, free, the three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are, are odd. There's something different about them. But unlike this picture, it really wasn't that hard to spot. They stood out like a sore thumb in the middle of a huge crowd. Possibly thousands of people were gathered to bow before this huge gold statue on the wide open plain with nowhere to hide. Everyone hears the warning music and falls on their faces. They have to, or else they will burn. But the three friends stand still. They are spotted, though, 
by some people who drag them in front of the furious king to answer for themselves. He can't believe that they would defy him. Is it true, he bellows at them, is it true that you don't worship my God or bow down to my golden image? He says that they have one last chance to do what he orders. Bow down or I'll throw you into the fire. And then what God can deliver you out of my hand? Well, Jamie is going to come up and he's going to read what happens next. And he's going to read from Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 to 23. Today we are reading from the book of Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 to 28. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, <clears throat> is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury and expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, at their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Thank you, Jamie. This is a terrifying situation for Daniel's three friends. They don't do as the furious king says and bow before his golden image. They will be killed they love and trust a greater king, a mightier king whose kingdom will last forever. Even still, I bet they must have been tempted to just do a kind of a half bow or bow and, you know, not really mean it, just to keep their jobs and their lives. But they couldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. Frightened as they were, the three friends stood tall, they stood out. They were awed and they trusted God. Sometimes there is nothing more difficult to be than different, to, to go against the crowd. It's so much easier to go with the crowd, to not be noticed and have an easy life. And it's especially difficult to stand out as odd because you are a Christian. It's very tempting to just blend in, to do what everyone else is doing, even when we know it's wrong. And kids, this can be especially tempting at school. It's hard to be a Christian at school, to be the odd one out. And it's easy to just do what everyone else is doing. And adults know this too. It's an easy thing to do at work or with our non-Christian friends, to hide that we are Christians and to just go with the crowd. 
Trust me, I know, because I have a, a terrible talent at blending in when I should stand out. But Christians, we were not made to blend into the world, but to stand out and to shine out. So often we hide the light that Jesus gives us where no one can see it. It takes real courage to be odd and trust in God. And this is what we see here in the three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They show such incredible courage, such incredible courage that it would be easy for us to make them the heroes of this story. But it's important that, that we do more than just marvel at their faith and instead marvel at the God that they had faith in. Because it's, it's really this that is the point of the story. It's about the God who delivers. They knew this God and they trusted him. <clears throat> and I wonder if, if one of the reasons that they show such courage is because of the very loud music that was meant to make them bow to King Nebuchadnezzar. I wonder if it maybe made them think of some other music instead. I don't know, I'm just imagining, but maybe, maybe when they heard this music, they remembered the story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho, and they remembered the power of God. Or perhaps they remembered the words of Psalm 33, telling them to make music to the Lord on the harp and the ten-stringed lyre and to shout with joy to him. Maybe they remembered the words of this psalm, which say, the Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of men. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love that he may deliver their soul from death. Whether or not they thought of these verses, they certainly knew these things to be true about God. They knew that God was the true God, that he was awesome in power, and that he was mighty to save. And so even faced with a terrifying king who thought he was God, they did not fear him because they knew the one real God, and they trusted him. And in verse 16 to 18, they say something incredible to King Nebuchadnezzar. They stand up when told to bow, and they say to the king, we don't have to answer to you. We answer only to God. And, and even though you think you are God and no one can rescue us from your hands, our God can. And they say this, this incredible thing. Our God can save. He will save, but even if he doesn't, we will not bow to you because our God is the one real God and we worship him only. That's incredible to me. These friends had such unshakable, an unshakable understanding of who God was, an understanding that he was the God who made them and who loved them and would protect them, that he would deliver their souls from death even, even if they died in the fire. And so they would worship God and not King Nebuchadnezzar. It can be really easy for us to, to trust God when things are going well in life, but it's so much harder when things are going wrong. But it's often when things go wrong that we see what it is that we really worship. Is it the things that God has given us or, or is it God himself? 
That when we trust in God and worship God for who He is, even if we lose the things that He gives us, the things that are most precious to us, even if we lose life itself, we can trust in God and we can praise God because we can never lose Him or the love that He has for us. Nothing can separate us from God's love. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 to 39. He says, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The three friends trust that God is God and that He is good, even when everything seems to be going wrong. So the three friends choose to be odd and trust God, and this makes the king extremely mad. He heats the furnace up as hot as it can go. He ties the friends up and throws them into the fire. But as we will see, this is not where the story ends. Sophie is, once she recovers from playing that, is going to come and she's going to read the last part of Daniel chapter 3 for us from verses 24 to 30. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. And he answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, and the very important people of Babylon gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come up upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent this angel and delivered his servants, who have trusted in him, and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies, rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against their god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their house is laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Thank you, Sophie. The king, in his rage, had thrown Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the hottest fire he could make. It was so hot that even the men throwing them into the fire died from the heat. But then the king looks and he sees something that he cannot believe. He looks and he sees the three friends walking around as though they're going for a stroll in the park. They are unharmed by the flames. And then something else a fourth man in the flames. And there is something even more remarkable about his appearance. He shines brighter than the white hot flames. 
I wonder if any of you were at the, the bonfire last night. I wonder if any of you have, have seen how dazzlingly bright a very hot fire can be. Have you ever tried to look directly into the center of it? It's dazzling and it hurts your eyes. But here, in the middle of this far, far hotter fire than that bonfire last night, is a man who shines even brighter than the flames. The king said that he looked like a son of the gods. Here, God himself showed up in the flames. The king had ignored God and tried to be God, even boasted that no God was stronger than he was. The three friends were awed and trusted in God, and then their God, the one true living God, showed up. He is the God who delivers. The king calls to these three friends in the fire, and he calls them to come out, and they do. And Remarkably, not a hair on their head has been singed. And they don't even smell like smoke. They were completely untouchable in the flames because of the God who protected them and the God who delivered them. But notice who doesn't come out. The bright, shining one, the one who is like the son of the gods, God stays in the fire, and the friends walk free. This is an incredible delivery from these very real flames of this furnace, but it's also a very clear picture for us this morning of the gospel, of how God delivers us from our sin and its punishment. God walks into the flames to rescue us. We walk out unharmed and free, untouched by the flames that our sin deserve, and God takes our place. This is what happened at the cross. Jesus took our place. He died so that we might live and might know the love of God that even death cannot take away from us. And we know that this, this delivery, this rescue worked because Jesus did not stay dead. He rose again and is alive today. He defeated sin and death and he delivered. If we trust in him, he is the God who delivers us. Delivers us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the son whom he loves. This is wonderful, wonderful news for us. This is wonderful news for for, for me, a sinner, someone who ignored God much of my life. And it is wonderful news for those of us who, who feel like we are in the grip of sin and suffering that we feel that no one is able to deliver us from. We might feel utterly overpowered and terrified, but when we trust in God, we know that he is the one who is able to deliver. And he will deliver us from our sin and its terrible punishment, even if we do still have to face suffering here and now. But when we trust in him, we know his incredible deliverance, and we know that he is the God who is with us, even in the flames. In this story, the story of the king who, who wants to be God, 
the king that none of us want to be like, and the story of the three friends who are awed and trust in God, and we all want to be like them, let's not lose sight of the God who is at the center of it all, the God who delivers. I hope that you know him like the three friends did and look to him like they did and trust in him because he will deliver you.